As I attended her class, I learned how practice can be fun. I was in shock how American people are taking Japanese culture and this art more seriously. And that's where I found more joy of practicing. It's really a bottom line why we live in this world. It's about a love, not about competition, comparison, win or lose or good or bad. It's none of that. As long as you love the art and practicing together the same direction, that's important. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Tokushikai Inside Look podcast. Today we're speaking with Takami Matsumoto Tanner from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, USA. Tanner Sensei has been training for over 35 years, during which time she's earned the rank of Renchi in Atarashi Naginata, been a US national champion in the women's division, and actively promoted the art in the community, acting as a bridge for Japanese senseis. In this wide ranging conversation, we covered the different goals and approaches to practice of Naginata. We talk about motivation and the mindset of a teacher, and ultimately what matters most in this journey of martial arts and life. All of us practice these arts for a reason, and along these winding j o u r n e y we can sometimes get lost or confused. Inspiration for continuing can come from anywhere, and many of the lessons that Tanner Sensei learned over three plus decades and shared in this interview can help us when the time comes. I hope everyone listening takes her advice to heart. Go slowly and steadily with compassion and love. Please enjoy this deep and wide ranging conversation with Takami Matsumoto Tanner. Hi, my name is Takami Matsumoto Tana. I'm originally from Kobe, Japan. I currently live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It's near Nashville, Tennessee, in USA. I've been training Naginata, or actually, I practice two kinds of Naginata. Atarashi Naginata, which is after the World War II Naginata, over 35 years now. And I also practice Tendo Ryu Naginata Jutsu about 30 years. I discovered Naginata at the high school club. I was practicing like a volleyball and other, you know, more Western sports throughout the elementary school and junior high school. And when I entered the high school, there w a s some Budo clubs trying to get new students to join. And Naginata is so rare in that area that Naginata club looked so cool to me. I've never worn hatama before, and it looks nice. And how I watched them practicing putting armor on, and you know, with that big yell and swinging big weapon, or Naginata is long sword with the long shaft. So it looked so nice. And also, I wanted to practice something Japanese culture or something history behind it. That's how I started practicing Naginata. I didn't think that I practiced this many years, though. So, you mentioned you haven't seen Naginata before, but were there other Budo arts when you were growing up? Were you exposed to any of these other traditional or historical cultural martial arts? I have seen Kyudo. I lived very close to the university. So they had a big kendo club, kudo and、uh, judo. Those are the more popular ones. 
that you know classmates go and practice like that but I've never watched Naginata before I went to that high school and I thought that was very unusual I wanted to try something different when you were young what what was it that had you doing more of the western sports was it just something natural that everyone just did those sports and not much more into the martial arts or did right. you did you like something about them Yes, when I was little, like first grade, second grade, you know, baseball was big. And I get together with my friends in the neighborhood and played baseball, you know, soccer, stuff like that a lot. And my brother, younger brother was in a little league in the baseball. And so I watched them often. My father is a big baseball fan so we watched baseball on TV a lot so or you know going through olympics watching them like a strong national volleyball team and looked so nice and i practiced volleyball for maybe 4 years through 6th grade throughout 9th grade so i practiced volleyball and i was thinking about participating in a volleyball club in high school too but i changed to something more martial art or japanese traditional stuff how long before you, it became something that you knew you wanted to continue doing for a longer period of time i'd imagine when you first started it was just like oh this is interesting let me try but when did you really feel like okay this is something that i'm going to be doing that's when i moved to united states back in high school being in a naginata club the practice was fun i get to be with my friends however there were more tournaments in japan and it started to become like a work more of the have to win that kind of mentality became more like a sports and at the end of high school I thought maybe I'm going to stop practicing naginata. I started to burn out. But my sensei, my naginata sensei at the high school, she was also teaching local dojo and naginata lessons. So she asked me to continue. You don't need to do it as intensively as high school club. not like every day for 2 3 hours you don't need to do that however just to continue practicing naginata so i told the sensei okay i will do it just uh, just for you and i just go to dojo once every other week or even once a month and practice there and when there is a tournament happens then i attend the tournament no no pressure on winning anything i just go there do my best go home after let's see when i was 21 i moved to united states i went to san francisco bay area as a student and that was just a one year deal with my parents being an english language student so that time i i brought my kekoji and hakama just in case and that's where i met miyako tanaka sensei and she's from originally from osaka japan she was teaching naginata or she's just about to teach she was fairly new in the area too 
Naginata in the East Bay. And I got connected with her. And when Sensei started to have a regular Naginata practice, I started to go there. And she became my mentor. She was more like my mom, my mother. And as I attended her class, I learned how practice can be fun. And、uh, I relearned how American students are taking Naginata more of the martial art, not like sports. And, you know, there was not a frequent tournament like when I was in Japan, because there is only like a once a year national tournament. It was just started to begin. And I was in shock how American people are taking Japanese culture and this art more seriously. And that's where I found more joy of practicing. So that was my turning point that, okay, maybe I can keep practicing this longer, maybe the rest of my life. Well, it didn't seem like you even expected that. You will be doing Naginata when you went to the States. It was just like, oh, let me just bring it just in case if there was something. What was your original intention when you came to the States? Because now you're, you're living there, you're an American. But that was that your original plan? Did you come here to, to go to school and then thinking, okay, I'm going to stay? What was your thinking behind all that? No, there was no, no intention staying this long. I've been in the States for 31 years now. And like I said, it was one year deal with my parents. However, during this year, through my Naginata friend, I met my current husband. And my husband, Mike, he didn't practice Naginata, but through my mutual friend, I met him, and that changed the whole story. And he's from California as well, and he was already working in Bay Area. He tried to practice Naginata. He's not practicing with me anymore, but he was a good practice buddy for a while for me. Now that you, you're in America, you kind of realize this new love of Naginata to something that you can continue. What are some of the, in the, in the last 30 years, it's, I guess there's lots of experiences, but could you name maybe two or three major impactful experiences throughout your journey? Either something that you learned from someone or a very fun experience or something that was very、mm-hmm. challenging for you that you overcome. Could you talk about a few of your major Naginata experiences? Major experience. Okay. The very first one is when I was in high school. Maybe this was my second or third tournament. Me being a new practitioner, I didn't think about winning very much. I was hoping <laughs> I can defend myself and survive that three minutes match. At this tournament, I was facing to my senior student, my senpai. And she's like, she was a captain of the club. And I'm like, oh no, she's gonna beat me. However, I got ippon from her, and it felt so good. At the same time, I felt so bad. Sorry, senpai, I got your ippon. And it was a, I believe it was a sokumen uchi, striking men's head. But it was a very good timing. I just 
felt like my、uh, body automatically moved and then just accidentally got ippon. And that was a good moment that I was not trying to expect. I didn't have a high expectation, but I tried to be there. And when there is a chance, I wanted to grab it. So that's one. When Miyako sensei, who I met in Bay Area, when Miyako sensei introduced me Tendo Ryu Naginata Jutsu, Because I didn't know any kobudo, any classical martial art in Japan. And when Miyako sensei introduced me and some of other students that classical naginata, I got so into it. It was so beautiful. And、uh, all the moves are so natural and make sense. And for Atarashi Naginata, after the World War II, Naginata was made out of combination of the classical Naginata. So Tendoryu is one of them.、So、I remember going to Tendoryu practice. It was about a little less than an hour drive from my home to the dojo. We were practicing at the church. And during that drive, I was image training and I was so excited when I learned the new kata. But it was so much excitement. I sometimes forget that I was driving and I like, started to do the move. But it's the, the thrill that brought me my inner. Yeah, so that, that was another、uh, exciting moment for me. Anything else? I try to, another item that I try to think or I learned over the years, as I might get older and think a little mature, I'm thinking about others more when I do kata or when I do shiai, the match. It's not about win or lose, it's the test for your own attitude, I think. So, even though you are facing to your opponent, I try to think that be grateful to my opponent. Thank you very much for letting me fight with you. That kind of mentality I try to have as I bow in the court. And when I do that, I feel like I have better match, either win or lose. I feel like I get more learning experience out of that match.、Mm-hmm. So you're saying that this type of thinking is coming from your maturity, being older, having more experience. What do you think that if you now were to go back in time and tell your younger self that you should have this feeling? How would your younger self respond to this kind of intention? Because it sounds like you've changed a bit. How, how do you think that? I think my younger self would, would be like a brush off. <laughs> And no, 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 you have to win. You have to have a little bit of that hatred. You have to have, find some kind of, you know, picking your opponents. And, you know, it's all about me. It's probably what my younger self was. Thinking. Like when I do kata, it's all about me, my timing, my own form, and don't think about my partner. And that's not gonna work. You have to consider your partner, the timing, or breathing, the strength, 
you have to have a good harmony with your partner, especially when you are doing kata. And I think when, when I was in the match, like a shiai, the freestyle match, I was thinking all about myself. So I probably put more pressure on me and it wouldn't look good because you will probably chase after the how fast I have to strike, not about strategy or, you know, gracefulness. So my younger self is not going to get what I think right now. It's so clear, too, that what you're saying sounds very similar to general learning in life, too, like relationships with other people or your work. How else have you seen these kind of interrelations of things that happen inside your professional or personal life and entering into your naginata, changing perhaps your naginata, and then vice versa? Is there anything in your practice, through your practice of naginata that you've learned that you've been able to bring out back into your other parts of your life? Yeah, surely I think more about the others, uh, my work and with my family, or at least I try to. Still, I, I have so much ego too, so that I have to <laughs> think more about others. Like at work, I hear lots of complaints, especially like nowadays because of this uh, COVID stuff, people are so frustrated because we cannot do the things that we used to do easily anymore. So I hear the frustration. I hear the complaint more than before, I feel like. And before, for my younger self would probably react to it. And myself, I, I would probably put myself to the same frustration and put myself down and be a bigger complainer and stuff. But now I do try to think what this individual experienced behind the scene and try to look at him or her more bigger, how to say. It's not just a snapshot of him or her complaining or facing the struggles, but I try to understand what he or she is going through and compassionate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I'm I'm explaining to you where, and this, I don't know if this is coming from Naginata practice. Well, I, I think so. I try to. I I'm learning about be a good harmony with others through this martial art, and I try to use that technique to my day to day life. The another thing. I try to apply to my regular life is fudoshin, that try to calm myself and do not react to the whatever the circumstance is. And, you know, be me and be strong. Do not get dragged into the negativity. What I'm hearing is that that kind of change in your mindset too, was something that came through struggle. It wasn't something that was just easy. It's just like, oh, I'm just getting older. So suddenly I feel this. And I think a lot of people, especially people that are successful athletes, like if you look at Michael Jordan, even now he's like 50 something, he won so much, but he still has this chip on his shoulder. He still is blaming others or he still has kind of this feeling. So there's something about 
individuals who are able to make this switch from being young and selfish and having that ego to, it's not everyone that can do that. So, and for you to be able to share it with me, who's a stranger, I find that takes a lot of courage in itself for you to do that. Do you, did you find that this just slowly happened? Because not everyone makes these realizations and then not everyone wants to make this change. Hmm. Well, I, I started to read more about uh, Buddhism. I know this is a talk about the martial art, but I think Buddhism and what I learned from Buddha or reading the uh, chanting stuff kind of connects with what I learned from Najinata. And also I, I started to listen more of the, the philosophy talks and speeches and I watch lots of YouTube about how you can calm yourself or you know try to declutter the mind and and so throughout that those reading and listening I started to care more others. And so it, it's been last few years, I think it started to shift my thought process from me, me, me to, oh, I should do this for others or I should consider more about others. So. Mm. Just hearing the way that you're speaking of it, I don't sense any selfishness in you. I don't, it doesn't feel to me like you're someone that thinks all about yourself. So whatever you're doing, it's working. I, I'm sure that there's in any type of endeavor that's hard like this, there's always people that help you, that bring you up. I like to think of it, I heard from some business person that you always have a plus, minus, and equal. So plus is like someone senior to you that inspires you, that pulls you up, that teaches you. And then there's a minus, so a junior, so someone that you can help bring up that is also pushing you from below, forcing you to be better. And then there's an equal, so someone that's a peer that you guys are always supporting each other, pushing each other. Do you have those type of people, like a senior, a peer, and a junior, and someone you can talk about and how they've helped you grow as a person and as a naginata ka? The uh, senior would be, I already mentioned, Miyako Tanaka-sensei. Miyako-sensei had, had passed away, but she's been a wonderful teacher to me. Ever since I came to the United States, she was a mentor, mother, and she was a very strong, strict teacher. And there was some, some time that I didn't want to get close to her because she's always, you know, now I can say it was instructing me, but it was, to me, it was thoughtful sometimes. Now looking back, she was doing all that from her love and she wanted to me to become a better person or a better instructor. That's why she was teaching me strictly. It's just that her approach was different from my approach. Oh, everybody has a different nature, but she had a different character. She was a very friendly person, open-minded and you know, very honest. And my peer, that would be, I would say, Florenda Tua, she practiced Najinata, or now she practiced mainly Tendoryu Najinata Jutsu near Montreal, Canada. She's very good support supporter for me. Lorraine was close to Miyako Sensei as well 
actually, Lorraine lived at the Miyako Sensei's house towards the end of her terminal cancer. And so she was very good support for Sensei and the Naginata community. And now she supports me. She's like a big sister to me to uh, try to bring me up so that I can stay focused and make a good decision. My junior, co-high or student, that would be, well, currently, I would say my daughter. My daughter, Jamie Tana, she will be 17 next week. Next week. She's very honest. So when I do some odd things, you know, my, either my attitude towards the other students at the class, she would mention to me that something's off. Mother teacher, you have to correct yourself, your act. And she's one of the reasons that I can still go, move forward too. Because my job is a bridge from my senior generation to next generation. So I, I feel like I'm handing a baton to next generation. And even though they are a junior to me, they teaches me a lot. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. So far, we've talked about your moving to the U.S. and then you continuing your Naginata practice. But in the end, you still grew up for most of your childhood in Japan. You're doing a Japanese martial art. You're doing it in America. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what you feel is your responsibility to maintain the Japanese culture piece in this art and not let it go to West? Or, or do you feel more like because you have that background that you want to bring more of some of the Western mindsets or attitudes towards martial arts or sports into Naginata. Do you think about how these cultures intermix? Mm, if Naginata become Olympic sports, then I think uh, we will lose a good portion of the uh, goodness of martial arts. Just like I burned out and I didn't feel the joy in practicing Naginata when I was in high school. Mm. At the same time, it would be a good advertisement. I don't believe that more people practicing Naginata will bring up good quality practitioners. Naginata is very unique compared to the Western sports, or maybe all the martial arts are dif different from Western sports. It requires discipline. Well, the Western sports require the discipline too to become a good player too. As I practice Naginata, I want to preserve, especially when I practice Koryu, Tendoryu Naginata Jutsu, I'd like to preserve what was taught and do not add any new things to it. I wanna keep as it was. Tendoryu Naginata Jutsu was founded by Saito Hangan Denkibo, who was born in Japan about 450 years ago. I wanna keep that same technique and hand it to next generation. The Atarashi Naginata is a different item though. Now we do have International Naginata Federation and we do have 
World Championship, but it's like an Olympic. Yet, I believe the country who preserves that good old Naginata technique still have a good match. The one thing I put more Western mindset to this martial art is how I praise my students, you know, my sensei, Miyako sensei, or my sensei back in high school. They were hardly ever say that was good. They, they say, no, dame, no good. Because they, they were raised by negative input, not from the uh, positive comments. But we cannot teach students here like that. We have to put more positive comments and bring more motivation to students. So that's, that's my thinking. That's the only thing I would add to the martial arts. You mentioned that Miyako-sensei had passed away a few years back and before that she was sick. So it's been a few years since you've last had a practice with her and you had her watch you. If she were alive today and she were to see you in class and practice, what do you think she would say? What, do you, what, what kind of comments, what kind of feeling do you think she would share with you about who you are now as a practitioner or as a teacher? I, I hope she's watching. Or I, I feel that she's always watching me too when I'm at the practice. I hope she gives me and she tells me that Akami, don't teach students too fast. Slow down and do one technique at a time and take plenty of time to let them learn the technique. That was the one of the things that before Sensei passed, she told me that bad teacher teach students way too fast, way too much. Good teacher will take time, one technique and let them learn long time and then introduce new technique. And um, I try to follow that, but still I feel like I don't wanna lose the student's interest or motivation. So sometimes I go too easy on them and oh, okay, let's move on to the next set of kata. And, and that's something sensei doesn't want me to do. So I, I think she's gonna tell me to slow down. Don't push your students too much. That's what she would say. Also, what Miyako-sensei said before she passed away was, it's about love. Have a good harmony with your people. Whoever practicing Naginata, we should become one. And even though that circle may be small, it's okay. It, it was a shock for me that a strong, tough, strict sensei talking about love and harmony at the end. So it's really a bottom line why we live in this world. It's about a love, not about competition, comparing, comparison, win or lose or good or bad. It's none of that. It's as long as you love the art, and practicing together the same direction, that's important. So I still feel that sensei is saying the same thing over and over. 
Wow, that that's such a great lesson. And normally that would be a great way to to end an interview, but I do want to ask you some of these questions that right, are sure. more on the fun side and light, lighter side, but just to get a vibe of who who you are. So I'll start with more lighter tone one because that was pretty heavy. Are you are you a dog person or a cat person? A dog person. Ben is on my bed sleeping now. Well, what kind of dog is he? He's, we rescued him about a year ago. He's a mix of boxer and pit bull. Oh, wow. I think it's a medium-sized dog, about 40 pounds. Yeah. Okay, but like 40 pounds of muscle. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay, what would you consider your comfort food? So something that always lifts you up, lifts up your spirit when you put it in your mouth, it makes you smile. That's what I heard tonight. I had the Japanese curry tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I make the curry roux from scratch because oh, wow. my, my daughter is allergic to wheat. My older daughter allergic to wheat. My uh, second daughter allergic to milk, dairy product. So I make it from scratch. Oh, wow. Nice. And, and that's what I heard. had it tonight. I, I had the practice this afternoon in Nashville and coming home and I asked Jamie what she want for dinner and she said something nice and comfort. So I said, okay, let's make curry. <laughs> That's great. Do you have a quote or a proverb or a motto that you constantly repeat to yourself or you like to think about or remember? Okay. Um, my Najinata sensei, Tato sensei from high school, she told me, Takami-san, you are Taiki-bansei. Taiki-bansei means uh, the character is a big plate will be formed with long time. So it's like English meaning is a great talent, slow to mature, or some would translate to from a little acorn come great oaks. Mm-hmm. Or other will translate like who goes slowly goes far so i i think sato sensei told me that i was not good player when i was in high school <laughs> but she wanted me to continue practice so she said okay you are taiki bansei just keep doing slowly but surely and you will get there somewhere some some someday <laughs> so I like that quote then I can be patient maybe I'm not gonna have a, a great result right now maybe not tomorrow but someday if I continue I will accomplish something and maybe I don't need to accomplish something maybe that a process doing it I feel I'm doing something <laughs> so that's that I like the quote I like. Yeah, that, that's something you can use on students too. Like you, you don't have to tell them that they're bad. You just tell them, yeah, just take some time and you'll get it. Yeah. Okay. So last question before we wrap this up. If we were to open up your YouTube homepage, you know how YouTube would show you more videos of things that you've watched before. If you watch a lot of dog videos, they'll show you more dog videos. What do you? What would YouTube show you on your homepage? What? 
Okay, I've been watching lots of Japanese comedy, you know, that's like stand-up comedy stuff. That will come out because I, I need to laugh a lot. <laughs> also, I will see lots of Danshari videos. Danshari is like a decluttering the house. Oh, you know, okay. get, get rid of the stuff and clear your room and clear your mind, that kind of. Or like a minimalism, like a minimalist, their YouTube channel. Another one will be Studio Ghibli's Piano Music. Nice. <laughs> yeah, those are the main things. Okay. So normally I don't ask every single question, but sometimes if we have a little time, because we started a little late, were there any other questions on there that you wanted to answer that it sounded like an interesting question that like mm -hmm. something you purchased or a book, movie, TV show? Ah, let's see. Less than $100, something I purchased was the punching ball, the, those boxing punching balls. Okay. Not, not the punching bag. It's the, a ball. So it's like, you know, the filled up balloon on a stand. And I can put the men, Bogu's men on the punching bag, and I can practice at home. Just like, you know, dummy, striking dummy. Oh, yeah. That, that's the ones that, like, move very quickly, too. Yes, and So it's yes. hard to, if it starts moving, you're like, I don't know what to. <laughs> Shouldn't move <laughs> so much. No, if you're doing properly. <laughs> yeah, naginata is not, like, we're not pushing, like, spear. It's a nagiru, more like a sweeping motion. So it shouldn't move so much. Yeah. All right, cool. So thank you so much for taking your time to talk about your story. Is there anything that you might want to just close with, a message that you want other people to listen to, either naginata practitioners or even others that practice different martial arts, some kind of closing message that you think people should hear that you've learned over your years practicing? I think every martial arts practitioners their goal or the reason why they are practicing the particular martial arts are different so like to me i used to go after the win or result of the tournament but now i try to embrace others and try to be grateful and learning to be grateful so I want all the people to set the, a goal or, you know, think about why you are doing this martial arts. Some may be like, I want to be stronger physically. Some maybe think I want to be stronger mentally. And it can change. It's okay to change over the time too. And depends on the which part of the life you are in, how much you put martial arts time and effort is different too. It's okay to change how much time and effort you put into martial arts. Sometimes you have so much other things that you have to take care of. It can be your life or it can be part of your life. It can be a little tiny part of your life too. You know, the, I, I want everybody to not to put too much pressure on yourself doing martial arts maybe instructors or senior students may, may feel that too much pressure 
It could be from drama or politics in the federation or association. It could be your personal life or professional life. Those life change can affect your time and the thought process. I want people to think themselves first. And there will be a time you can practice more martial arts. That will be great. But if you cannot, don't put yourself to yeah, too much. I, I know I've been through that. So after all, I want everybody to find a good, happy feeling, not too much of the work. And I don't know, some people may, may, may practice martial arts as a business. Maybe some people are running a business through martial arts. I'm not, I cannot put <laughs> business and martial arts together. I, that's my message to all the martial arts practitioners. Don't get burnt out. And Taiki uh, Bansei, you know? <laughs> yeah. So who goes slowly goes far. If it's too much, then you can take a baby steps. Maybe you need to step back. And when you can go forward, you can go forward. Or you can just uh, step at the same spot too. Be flexible and time will come. Yeah. Don't, don't push yourself too much. Don't get sick. I want everybody to stay healthy, physically and mentally, especially we are practicing martial arts. So we should show the good example. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I, I'm so glad I was able to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I enjoyed speaking to you. It, it was a good reflecting time for me too. Mm, I'm glad. So yes, it helped me a lot. That's great to hear. Thank you so much. Thank you so okay. much. Have a good night. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode because we have a lot more exciting conversations to share as we explore the world of the traditional Japanese martial arts. The Inside Look podcast is available on most common podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Remember to subscribe to not miss out on new interviews as they are posted. We're always looking for feedback to improve, so please write us a review or drop us a line at podcast at tokushikai.ca or on Facebook and Instagram at tokushikai.canada. Until next time, thanks for listening.